Calliron. You'd think their tongues had been cut out the why Jackie Wilson and his wife Mina had sat for hours in their living room without a word said to the other. Hour the yabbering of the jewellery seller on the TV, Mina's breath rasped in between draws or fags. The smoke had filled the room with a haze near as thick as the har that drifted up the Cairnbilg shore at morning. The wifey on TV spoke directly to the camera and raved, It's just such a fabulous necklace to put on when you're at a gala or a dance or when you have guests round for dinner parties. The crystals will just dazzle everybody and I'm just hearing that we're down to limited stock so get dialing before we're all out. The hands-free phone started beeping. Jackie looked out at Mina. She was jabbing down firmly on the dial pad with her thick arthritic fingers. Mina, bad phone down, he growled. He felt our warm for the stuffy air and the heat for their pet dog asleep in his lap. Dolly, a beach on freeze for his forehead yallad like the waz of the room. Mina ignored him and hid herself in a cloud of smoke that she slowly streamed out of her moon. Jackie leaned over the side of the chair and Dolly sprang awake. The dog yelped as he got hud of the phone cable and unplugged it for the wah socket. Fitch the art for, Mina said. The phone held out at the end of her spindly arm. You're nae spinning or pinching in that muck. Fan will you be here in guest room for dinner parties? Nae for as long as you're still living, you tacked fisted sod. She threw the phone down at the fleer and it broke apart. Its batteries soundlessly rolled a little while across the carpet. No, Jackie said. Problem solved. Ugh, oh, you're just annoyed you now at the gulf, she croaked. Dolly kept barking in his face. He nudged her with his elbow and she leapt down onto the fleer. He got up out his seat and left the room. You could hear Mina quietly laughing as he shut the door ahead him. Outside, the hard had lifted and the sun was beating down in his back garden. A faint breeze made their clean clothes dance on the furley. Jackie trudged over his shed and stepped into the coolness inside. He moved all broken cabinets out the Y and got a huddle his golf bag. It had been abandoned ever since his golf membership had expired a few months back. With difficulty, he heaved a bag up onto his shooters and made his way out the shed, throw the backy and out into the quiet streets of the tomb. By the time he made his way along Wraithen Road and onto Main Street, he was pecking hard. It had been a file since he'd walked doing this while on his own through the all grey fishing tune. No much had changed around here since the days when folk still had boats at Cairnbulg Herber. He'd come to these streets as a wee loon to throw buds off windows or knock on doors and sprint a while for nobody had a chance to spot him dashing down to the shore. The wind picked up funny turned off onto Shore Street, a strip of houses that lined the edge of the bay. The water here was always near as black as the craggy rocks except for fun it hammered against them and foamed white. As he walked along the strip of pebbles between the grass verge and the black rocks, Jackie looked out at the shipwreck trawler just off the shore. Freya, FR258. She'd been slumped on her side since the day Jackie and the rest of the crew had been airlifted off her. The last couple of years had stripped the reed pint for her hull and had cracked the deck open like an egg. Just before they'd run a groon, Jackie had been dishing out pudding onto the rest of the crew's plates, freshly lit clean of the mains. The biggest portion was left in the oven for the skipper, wee Allen, to hay once he'd finished his watch up in the wheelhouse. Inch Jackie had scoffed his ain, he went out into the back deck as Freya passed Cairn Bulg. The skies were dull and grey. Gales howled along the sides of the boat. 
He lit a fag and leaned his back against the damp orange nets, coiled ticht around the rusty winch. Looking out over at the houses on Shore Street, he wondered if anybody could see him, little clouds puffing out for his moon like a smoke signal. He glanced further along the coast, up towards the broch. Something was naracht. The boat was turning in towards the land and headed straight for Kernbulg Point, a fist of black rock that punched out for the beach into the choppy sea. He threw his fog overboard and ran inside. At the bottom of the ladder to the wheelhouse, he shouted up to Alan. There was no response. He clambered up the rungs to the top and found the stout man sitting still in his chair, staring out past the controls at the ever-needing rocks beyond the bow. All the computer screens were black. The GPS, sonar and radar had all been turned off. Fit you doing? Jackie bowed as he reached out towards the wheel. Alan clamped his hands in it and kept them held in place with an iron grip. It's finished now. That's us finished, he said. Jackie tried to haul him off, but the trawler groaned and ate them, and the bath rose. The soon quickly changed to an endless creaking as the boat slowly tipped onto her side, and the world around them collapsed in on itself. Jackie could still hear the screech and knew as he stood on the shore looking out at the boat. He turned a waffy ah, and made his way back up onto the path above shore, his back aching with the weight of the golf bag. Along the path, eh, he marched a waft of the tune into the thick of the marim grass that lined the dunes. As soon as he could, he clambered up off the tiring sand and set fit in the flat-trimmed girths of Fraserburgh Golf Course. He was lucky that there was no anybody out in the tenth hole as he snuck across the fairway to hell on the other side, just by the main road between the Broch and Bulgar. On a flat, earthy patch that hid in the shadow of the hill, he picked a spot to lay down his golf bag and searched through his clubs. He decided to tack out his seven iron as it would do the job required. Anything heavier would likely whack the bar too far. He stabbed his tee into the hard earth and placed a plain white golf ball on it. Club in hand, he readied himself and looked up at his target. Across the road, Alan's newly built house faced him. The house was a modern building. Three flares with plenty of windows for Alan's family to see oh, and plenty for folk to see into once it was filled with their fancy furniture and ornaments. Alan's new bus business had fairly been a good investment with the Freya insurance money. Jackie swung the club down hard at the bar, and with a crack, it sailed high into the air. It sank down over the roof of the house. He was out of practice. Another bar down on the tee. He shuffled his feet into a different position for last and focused hard. The club whistled as it sliced through the air. The bar flew up but then fell short. It bounced off the main road and rose into the air in smear. Jackie gave up hope and turned back to his bag to get another bar. There was a smash. He looked back at the house and smiled at the sacked of shards of glaze clinging to the frame of one of the bigger windows in the middle fleer. Yeah, beauty, he laughed. Mere bars and mere wax. A couple failed to mark it far enough, but the third crashed through a skylight in the roof. He heard the humming of car engines in the distance. He quickly pressed himself up against a sheltered groove in the hill and waited for the traffic to pass. The sky had darkened since he'd first set out at morning, and the gales were starting to pick up again. He needed to finish the job before it got any windier, and before any golfers got near Han. He rushed to get the rest of his golf bars out. There were only three left, but he'd gone into the swing of it now. The first soared into a room on the green fleer, and there was a further smash just after. Maybe it flew out into their window. The second disappeared over the roof in silence. He watched with glee as the final bar sailed up into the air and hurtled through the biggest windy of the house in the middle fleer. 
bits of glaze continued to rain down out the frame in the gusts of wind. He parked the club in Tiawa and marched back across the golf course towards the tune, the weight across his shoulders, a little bit lighter than a four. At the petrol station just up for his house, Jackie got his wallet out and couldn't do his change. He'd enough for a bunch of reed floors for the stand outside. It's not like you be buying floors, the young lad behind the counter sniggered. It's not every day I've got something to celebrate, Jackie growled. Back in the house, Mina took no notice of him from her living room. She didn't look off the TV until he was standing next to her, the bunch of floors held out atween him. Sorry, he said. She stopped out her fog before taking the floors for him. She read the sticker on the green cellophane. Oh, chrysanthemums? Very nice. I suppose I'll be dead if what I get roses, though. She got up and went Ben into the kitchen with him. He picked the batteries off the fleer, slotted them back into the controller. Once he plugged the phone cord back into the wah, he knew that Athen was fixed, back together again. He lay down in his black leather armchair, slotting himself into the indent he'd made over the years. Dolly came bounding into the living room and leapt up onto his lap. Mina returned, hugging a crystal vase filled with the flowers. She placed it down on the centre of the windowsill. Some of the thin reed petals pressed up against the windowpane. For the corner of his e, Jackie watched as Mina sat back down in her chair and lit up another fag. He soon caught her looking out at the flowers, her yalla false teeth gleaming out in a smile. <laughs>